Are you ready to know what you don't know about Privacy Pros? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast by KZN Privacy Experts. The podcast to launch, progress and excel your career as a Privacy Pro. Hear about the latest news and developments in the world of privacy. Discover fascinating insights from leading global privacy professionals. And hear real stories and top tips from the people who've been where you want to get to. We're an official IAPP training partner. We've trained people in over 137 countries and counties. So, whether you're thinking about starting a career in data privacy, or you're an experienced professional, this is the podcast for you. Hi everyone and welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast. My name is Jamila and I'm a data privacy analyst at Kazian Privacy Experts. I'm primarily responsible for conducting research on current and upcoming legislation as well as any key developments and decisions by supervisory authorities. With me today as my co-host is Jamal Ahmed, who's a Fellow of Information Privacy and CEO at Kazian Privacy Experts. He is an established and comprehensively qualified privacy professional with a demonstrable track record solving enterprise-wide data privacy and data security challenges for SMEs through complex global organizations. He's a Certified Information Privacy Manager, Certified Information Privacy Professional, Certified EU GDPR Practitioner, Master NLP Practitioner, Prince2 Practitioner, and he holds a Bachelor of Arts in Business with Law. To date, he has provided privacy and GDPR compliance solutions to organizations across six continents and in over 30 jurisdictions, helping to safeguard the personal data of over a billion data subjects worldwide. Welcome, Jamal. Good morning, Jamila. How are you? I've been practicing my dance moves for uh, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. I'm excited. My housemate made me get TikTok a couple of months ago and I've done no work since getting TikTok. Follow someone on TikTok who teaches how to be productive. Well, there are people that will do a live TikTok session called like study with me and it will be just them studying for five hours and you have to study with them. Anyway, let's get on to our guest today. So our guest today is Gordon Wade, who is an experienced and trusted legal counsel and privacy professional. He is a dual Irish and England and Wales qualified solicitor and New York qualified attorney. He also holds the status of Fellow of Information Privacy from the International Association of Privacy Professionals, as well as the CIPI and CPIM certifications together with the OneTrust Data Guidance Certified Privacy Management Professional Certification. In December 2020, he was appointed as the IAPP Young Privacy Professional for the Dublin chapter of the IAPP, and currently he is the Data Protection Lead at TikTok. Welcome, Gordon. Thank you very much, guys. Great to be here. Thank you for joining us. And as we always start off with our icebreaker question, who is your favourite TikTok creator? (laughs) That's the question we always get. At the moment, looking TikTok, the whole basis for the platform is to inspire people to be creative and just bring kind of joy and happiness not take oneself too seriously so there's a creator called it's daniel mack who i follow a lot he's just a dude who walks around la and goes up to people who are driving really big expensive flashy sports cars and he just asks them what do you do for a living you know obviously you've got a ton of money you've got a really flash expensive car what do you do how did you get here did you go to college yeah, I've seen a couple of those and I like the people who answer I don't do anything. I just have I just have these cars. Yeah, I just exist. What's yeah. your dream car, Gordon? Oh, I don't know if I would ever have one. It'd probably would be, if you can see from here, an e type Jag, maybe, uh, or an Aston Martin Vanquish. Uh though my first car was that one, a little uh, old Mini Cooper, uh, which I'd I'd love to have one of those again. Uh so I, I probably couldn't choose one. Uh, I'm such a big petrolhead, I, lo- I love them all. 
Jamila, what's your favorite car? Oh, don't ask. I only know cars by their colors. Like, I'm so bad. My friends will give me lifts and I have to think about their cars before I get into them. I'm like, if it's any white car, I will get into that car because I think it's my friends. <laughs> I have a driver's license. I just don't, haven't driven yet. So, no, I'm terrible. I do like a Range Rover. I know what they look like. What about right. you, Jamal? I'm a bit like, what? I don't think I have a specific car. I have a couple of cars that I would really like to get my hand to drive and maybe own one day. But there, there's nothing specific that I say, that is the car for me. Like, as long as it gets me from A to B very comfortably and looks a bit flash, I guess mm. I'll be quite happy with it. Can I agree with that? Right. Let's get on to the privacy questions. I'm sure we'll talk more about TikTok within some of these questions. Um, but Gordon, why is privacy so important to you? It's a great question. Privacy is just a fascinating subject and something I've always been interested in and quite passionate about. It is a fundamental human right. So any kind of lawyers into the human rights law finds that absolutely fascinating. Um, but also the concept of data protection, data privacy in and of itself. Like I've been really fortunate, I suppose, to have worked in, during my career with like, great colleagues, great clients and great companies who've been at the forefront of privacy. I started my career as a trainee in Mason, Hayes and Curran, lawyers in Dublin um, who were we're then and are continues to be Facebook litigation or is in the Shrems litigation have a, a wealth of clients. So being a trainee there and an MQ, you couldn't avoid privacy and data protection if you wanted to, uh, you know, embedded in the firm and had all the big blue chip clients. So it was kind of very much instilled in me from even from, from that point of view. Since then, I've tried to shape and guide my career around getting to the point where I'm doing my passion for a, a daily job, which is privacy as a job for me. It gets into the aspects of how people and pity children now to a greater extent interpret interact and see the world around them you know i mean it's the the childhood that i had is so so different to what i'm looking at my my young niece who's growing up now and getting onto the platform their world is so different to ours you know mm. and, and privacy is so embedded into that in their on in social media and kind of social platforms that it's just fascinating but you know at the same time It'll it'll imprint on them how they how they're going to steer the rest of their social interactions and the rest of their life. And you know, being part of that is, is for me is fascinating. That's what I always wanted to get into. We're seeing now, like I'm working on stuff that I only saw in sci-fi movies in the eighties and the nineties. You know, which when it's just kind of out there and not real, but now it's real. Now we're working. Now we're doing. It. For me, now is the time to be a privacy professional. I'm looking to be able to do it now. Super interesting, and it reminds me of. Um... TV adverts I keep seeing um, that say we are preparing young people for jobs that don't even exist yet. We, we don't know where things are going to go in the future. So was privacy always the kind of sector of law you wanted to go into? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was always something I always had an interest in, for sure. Now, I kind of like I meandered my career like an awful lot of people. I mean, I think there's few people who just say they started and ended exactly where they always intended to be in. Yeah, they're probably few and far between. I kind of, you know, I went commercial, went corporate. I did some litigious arbitration work previously in London. I, I wanted to not say I'm a, I'm a human rights activist. Uh, I'm one of those kind of, you know, constitution belting lawyers. Uh, I'm not, but it's it's an area of law you can really make a difference and get into the real nitty gritty stuff. Stuff that we like, there is a stuff that really matters. Uh, not a, not a three billion euro merger and takeover for companies to make themselves even bigger again uh, it's the stuff that actually impacts people on the ground and impacts you my family my niece is, is on tiktok so i'm conscious of her engaging in that world i always had an interest in it but then one when, when i got the opportunity i suppose to start working in it and developing 
you know, a, a niche and expertise, I jumped at that. And it was from when I, I left Mason Hayes and Curran to join KPMG and I joined kind of corporate commercial lawyer role, a bit of, a bit of mix of, of kind of everything in that um, stream. But I had the option, fantastically, from Francis Hackett, the, the kind of the head of legal in KPMG Ireland, to develop this privacy service line from a legal perspective to support the audit consulting, uh, management consultants, risk, who were already even at that point doing kind of privacy change and transformation projects with big clients. And they wanted to offer a legal service offering. Uh, so I jumped at that chance in pre-GDPR days and kind of as that gained momentum, it just kind of um, went out of control, but uh, it really got going um, to the point where what I was doing, you know, 20, 20% privacy, 80% corporate commercial flipped on its head to almost doing 80 to 90% privacy work and the corporate commercial just kind of sort of fell away as privacy just got bigger and bigger and bigger for me. Uh, and I just went with it and uh, uh, I kept that ball rolling. Sounds like it was a really uh, fun time. And one of the things that you've said is you identified quite early, there was an opportunity for you to develop yourself in a niche and get the expertise. And I don't think enough people recognize that by finding themselves a niche and really becoming an expert in it, they can actually really take their career to a level that thrives. What was it about having a niche and being an expertise that really was like, yes, that's what I need to do? And how did you discover that specializing in a niche is one of the keys to having a thriving career? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I suppose, look, from my, from my experience, like I'd said, you know, I'd worked in Dublin, I'd worked in London, I'd come back to Dublin again, and I could see the guys, for example, in the law firm uh, that I was working in, the, the guys who were doing really well, who were making partner at, young, at a very young age uh, and were you know, getting great clients and great work, were, you know, fantastic practitioners in kind of, say, general commercial work, but they had a specific niche area that no one else was doing uh, at, at the time. Uh, and they were just getting such great work. And, you know, you'd get the the interviews and the media press and the podcasts and all these things because you have you you become the voice of that and that's what I wanted to be I wanted to be the voice of a topic and for me I could see you know it, the guys they were pretty well versed in all in a lot of their areas of law but then particular expertise in one niche area and that always for me kind of had an attraction to be uh, to be a leading expert to be seen as that and, and to be seen as the go-to person and have an authoritative voice on a topic it was very very attractive for me i saw it being privacy from the clients that we had and knowing it kind of you know from 2015 16 17 as the gdpr began to develop and then we saw the draft and we, we saw the final draft and it was coming into force in 2018 i could see that this was an area that was going to get bigger and bigger and that i could do something in i said when i had the opportunity actually like here's a service i want to do take it and go like this is exactly where i want to be now there's not a whole lot of there's no one uh, in KPMG doing legal privacy and KPMG at the time, I think still is the only one of the big four audit firms who had a law license in Ireland to offer external legal advisory. And um, so at a point in time, I was the only one in that entire sector doing legal privacy work for clients. Um, and that for me is like, okay, this is, this is the sort of niche and the area I need to get into because you see the longevity of it. You know, you, you're going to become a voice. I, you know, I got Irish Times interviews. I had conferences I was speaking at, leveraging on one side the firm and the firm's brand, which obviously is very, very important. Uh, and then my own knowledge and experience as well. I've been reading into some of the articles that you've uh, written and some of the um, places where you've spoken. And it's all really fascinating. I can see how you have been really 
progressing rapidly for somebody so young in your career and taking it from one strength to another. And one of the things that stands out about you for me, Gordon, is your development and your devotion to investing in yourself and it's constantly improving. So even though you've worked for some of the biggest companies around the world and some really leading firms, that hasn't stopped you, even though you've got your legal qualifications from pursuing the more IAPP-based qualifications. So I can see that you've also a certified information privacy professional, certified information privacy manager, and you've also been awarded the Fellow of Information Privacy. And for somebody who is a lawyer to actually be pursuing those things, number one is not only is it commendable, but who is really admirable. So I want to ask you for our listeners, why is it important to invest in yourself and to acquire these certifications, even if you have other uh, qualifications such as a law degree? Yeah, for me, look, my experience is privacy. So I, I, I can only speak to that though, but it's probably applicable across any number of, of, of areas is that like, privacy doesn't stand still as we know, uh, by no means stands still. And so your skills, your knowledge, your expertise can't stand still either. There's always something something to learn. I mean, one of the reasons, many reasons I joined TikTok earlier this year was the people in the firm, in the company who had fast experience, far beyond anything I have to date, you know? So I came, I came to learn. I came to make a difference, to work in a great company, to work in a company that is huge right now and doing some amazing things uh, and, you know, that is getting so popular, but also because of the team in here, I had, like, I see my learning curve in this as only just started i'm barely get, got, getting going and uh, because i have so much more to learn and i think if you invest in more knowledge more experience more expertise do your travel meet people build networks your career will always thank you for it you'll never be stagnant or go backwards it'll only ever go forward it may go laterally but it will it will always progress and develop uh, and you'll progress and develop as a professional even for 2022 now, I have a list of maybe eight or nine different certifications or courses that I, that I, I need to be able to do um, to keep myself as up to date. I mean, you, you spend a week not working in privacy and you've almost lost touch because yeah. so much has happened in that time. You've got to keep on top. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got definitely more to come next year to try and, as I said, just always upskill. There's always something new to learn. There'll be some area of privacy that we haven't thought of yet that'll emerge in 2022. And we're going to have to learn about it and get up to speed. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I really love the attitude and the hunger of, look, I, there is so much I still have to learn. I'm always making progress. And sometimes we speak to people who have been in the industry for, let's say, 20 odd years. They're like, hey, I've been around since 1998. I know everything there is to know. I don't need to go and learn anything else. I can teach everyone uh, anything to do with privacy. Why do you think it's important to progress and not to have the attitude that you know everything there is to know and there is nothing nobody else can possibly teach you? The problem is if taking that approach is that when new tech, new platforms, new features come into the market, such as you know TikTok, which was barely non-existent in Europe in 2018, 2019, exploded in 2020 and continues to grow and develop in 2021 uh, and will do in 2022, you, they're dealing with the sort of issues that didn't exist 10, 20 years ago. So if you look at the 95 directive, you know, that was developed for Europe when Zuckerberg was 11. Fast forward, it wasn't replaced until 2018. So like, I mean, your, your kind of knowledge base has to evolve as well. Uh, and there's, there's always more to learn. There's always technology and developments that we haven't even thought of yet that are going to come out and that need specialist treatment from experienced professionals who are up to speed and aware of what's going on in the market. 
So I think if you really want your career to forward and develop, and maybe for someone who's 20, 30 years in the business, it's less of a concern. But when you're younger and you want to you know, make a claim and develop your career, uh, it is important to stay current uh, and always be thinking about what's coming around the next corner. And talking about staying current, what are your favorite hot topics in privacy right now? For me, like the, the main topics in privacy is greater enforcement, greater fines, uh, and greater awareness. They're kind of the, the top three. I mean, the regulators are now starting to really get into the substantive meaty privacy issues of the AI and the children's privacy and children's safety, etc. The only thing about, I suppose, the hot topics, and it's what these are the questions that are asked every kind of November, December of the year, what's hot for next year? And whilst, you know, there, there will be topics that will, will, will ebb and flow and kind of come in peaks and troughs, it, there will always be the underlying core issues of privacy that will remain hot, constant topics, no matter the time of year, no matter when, what year or whenever. And those will be matters of keeping data secure, being transparent to your users and fulfilling uh, subject access rights and requests. They will never go away. They're a, a forever constant. Uh, and obviously, we know they're touch points for an awful lot of regulators. So if you're not treating those areas as hot, important topics every single day of the week, then you, you're not meeting your, your, your privacy obligations. So for me, like it's those areas Rather than the big sensational headlines, it's the bread and butter stuff day to day that you need to get right rather than trying to say, oh, we're going to be doing amazing things in AI in 10 years. And here's our plans. Like, well, what are you doing right now? Uh, what's happening today and what's happening tomorrow? What did you do yesterday? Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Gordon, what's the difference between a good privacy professional and a great privacy professional? What is so, the difference that makes a difference? Yeah, I mean, look, I think there is a difference. I think there's a substantive difference. Um, look, I've been I've been lucky so far and I'm in TikTok now. I only took just about four to five months. Everyone I work with appears to be amazing, very privileged professional. It's quite intimidating. They're all huge and knowledgeable, massively experienced and phenomenal lawyers and privacy professionals. Um, so I'm very, very lucky that I work with some really great ones. I think those who I've worked with, who I see as truly great privacy professionals, I mean, they are, they champion privacy in the business. Uh, and that means not just user, consumer, external facing privacy, which is fundamentally important for, for a big global business like TikTok, it's employee privacy as well. And that goes across the board for any of the big companies are championing privacy across the board. A great privacy professional is heavily, heavily entrenched in the business. And they're so close to the risk decision-making, the commercial decision-making, and they know the company inside out. Um, even for people I work with in TikTok, a lot of people have, have come in new over the last couple of years as the platform has grown uh, and the extent to which they already know uh, the company inside out is is phenomenal and the decisions they can make based on their knowledge and awareness. I think a good privacy professional will help guide a business expertly based on the law, based on the facts, through privacy issues uh, as they come along, as they, they are encountered uh, and they'll guide uh, and they'll advise. A great privacy professional has already identified that problem about a year ago, has already developed process and procedures to deal with it, is already aware of the CJU case law or UK or Irish uh, case law that's pending or on the way has been, has been decided that will impact on those processes and procedures on what you're planning to do and has already done that for next year as well, uh, for the next issue. So it's they're stay, a great professional stays really current. They know what's coming down the tracks and they've already got plans and processes to deal with the commercial risk and the privacy risk to go with it. Oh, amazing answer. Thank you. So what I took away from that, 
uh, just to summarize it very quickly, was what you're saying is a good professional deals with the challenges that come to them. They deal with that in a very diligent way and they deal with it well. But a great privacy professional is someone that I can actually see the bigger picture. They've already seen that this was about to come. They've already planned three kind of responses to it. And all of that is based on what's already happening in the industry, what's happening in other parts of the world, what the key decisions are. And they have this holistic understanding of the whole playing field in which they're playing. And they can already see the problems before they come up. And they've already thought about these things and are prepared to already overcome them. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, it's... I think it's the difference between a reactive privacy professional and a proactive one. You said it's deal with issues as you face them or deal with issues that you've already planned for in advance because you know they're coming because you have that holistic uh, overview of what's happening in the market. Thank you. That was super insightful. You've been the young privacy professional for the Dublin chapter of the IAPP. What have been some of the highlights of that? Oh, there have been quite a few. It was a real pleasure and an honour and a privilege to be to be nominated last year. I do think I'm probably pushing the term young, really stretching that now in my mid-30s. I'm not quite sure how young that, that really is. But the highlights to me had just been assisting and being able to work with the chapter chairs. Like Kate Cleary, who is the Ireland lead for the IAPP. Kate's phenomenal. and She spoke at the IAPP Congress this week in Brussels and with Connor Hogan, who I work a lot with, and just, you know, getting to hear them and getting to, again, it's, it's a learning journey. I mean, they know they've forgotten more privacy than I've ever learned to date anyway. You know, So it's just a learning curve. You it's see them in action talking about different topics, particularly when Kate moderates the, the type of questions she, she asks and the, how what she gets out of the guest professions that we, we, we would have on board. In previous years, obviously, like being with the IAPP and being the, the, the young volunteer, you do a lot more in-person events, you'd or you know, be there for the drinks receptions and everything else and the social nights, which obviously we haven't had. And that's been a shame, but it's still been just great to be around them. And we had some phenomenal sessions, a recent one on cybersecurity, but a really great panel, really great feedback. And you just there, I mean, this is like thinking when you're there, this is gold. This stuff is so great on here. I get to be part of it. Um, I get to chat to them before and after the sessions as well and I really kind of ask other questions uh one-to-one which is so phenomenal so like I've loved every minute of it and and I would like, I'd encourage anyone who wants to get involved and in, in an area just like, v- try and volunteer for local IAPP chapter and um, they're they're all around the world I was uh, helped out with when I was in when I was in Dubai uh, and the Middle East chapter there uh, and they're so great and um, get to meet like-minded people colleagues and grow your network, which is so, so important, and get your name out there as well. And look, it comes with a nice fancy title, which which looks good on your LinkedIn profile as well. And the brand value in privacy that IAPP brings is, you know, is kind of speaks for itself, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really grateful that uh, IAPP have selected us as an official IAPP training partner. And so we offer individuals the opportunity to come and mentor, to come along to one of our mentoring programs for the CIPP, the CIPM and the CIPT. And there's a couple of things that you mentioned. So as part of the academy, we have a 12-week accelerator program, which is designed to take people from where they are now and work with really ambitious people to get to where they want to be so they can have a thriving career, make that massive impact, get more credibility, get more recognition. <laughs> and ultimately uh, get rewarded more for their investment in themselves. And you mentioned a few aspects of what we teach in the academy. One, number one, you mentioned about the importance of having a strong network. And number two, you mentioned about having a strong personal brand. Can you share a little bit more about why both those things are so important for somebody who is young, ambitious, and looking to thrive in their career? Yeah, I, mean, I guess from an absolute personal perspective, 
I think they're so important is because I because I put a huge amount of emphasis on both of those things when I was trying to get my name out there in privacy in in the Dublin market, which is a small market, a lot smaller than obviously the, the London kind of set. And you know, a, a lot of people knew the big hitters, and it was quite difficult to get in into that sphere. So, like. I kind of use LinkedIn really primarily to to get into spreading awareness, spreading knowledge, and getting my name out there and connected to really good people. And uh, and like and I've got a, a lot of connections now. It leads to you know a lot of conferences which you get get invited to speak at. You, you know newspaper um, interviews you get to and write articles for, etc. So it's building a network of people in your profession is so so important to know and get to meet the so the big hitters the influential people and the people who you will learn from both in subject matter uh, in professionalism in how they conduct themselves with peers etc there's so much you can learn from people like that and then there's the self-investment in your own brand which comes with you know adding value added certifications experience whatever it might be to you know, to your name, um, I, I kind of I always put a, a great emphasis on education, like, as we've already talked about today. That's there, there is no end. You know, you, you, it's never it's never ending journey in terms of educating yourself more. Um, and you know, I always put a lot of value on adding kind of experience uh, to, to my profile. Um, and the brand value stands in the market. Uh, and look, I suppose call a spade a spade. I'm here now with you doing this, talking about how important it is because I did it in 2015, 2016, 2017, when privacy wasn't by any means a hot topic in, in the media, you know, and it became that, and, you know, I, I made the investments then so that when it was, I was already established. Uh, I, I had a voice in the market. People knew who I was and they'd listen to you. Thank you uh, so much. That is a really valuable piece of wisdom that you've shared. And we don't really get too many previous professionals talking about the softer side of that other than the privacy-related matters. And to hear it from somebody like yourself who's actually been there, done it, and see, we can see the results, and you continue to invest in that because you've seen the return on investment, it's it's absolutely really insightful for myself and for everybody listening. So I really want to say thank you for sharing that, Gordon. One question that we always like to ask our guests is, you've had so much experience across working for consultancy firms, in-house, legal counsel, now at TikTok. What is your most memorable client story that you can share with us without breaching any confidentiality agreements? Yeah. Oh, God, now there's a question. Uh, yeah, I've got tons. And look, I could tell you amazing stories just working in TikTok uh, over the last four months. And I'm only really just in the door. But but one, the one that stands out to me really, and what I'll always take with me, is I was invited to Vietnam, to Ho Chi Minh, to do a GDPR training and awareness session uh, with a client over there. I was working in Cape and G at the time. Mm. So there was one that the, the travel to Vietnam for one uh, is absolutely memorable. I got a couple of days in Ho Chi Minh, which is phenomenal. And it, but we had a training session on what was the top floor of one of the biggest skyscrapers in Ho Chi Minh with panoramic views. Uh, so the setting was incredible. But what struck me the most is that, you know, and privacy in Vietnam and Asia, certainly then, and that's certainly changed since that. This is twenty I was 2017 or so, um, kind of pre-GDPR as, as we as we were, it was getting really getting up and running. That despite privacy not being a massive topical issue in Asia at the time, the company was so just convinced by the GDPR, they were so bought into it, they could see the value uh, for the for their clients, and they were uh, you know pretty high-end company they had the foresight to know that this is going to be a big issue for them and they were willing to put the time put the effort in 
future-proof the company, future-proof their consumer-facing business to deal with these issues. And fast forward a couple of years, and you know, and there's privacy laws based on the GDPR or the CCPA popping up everywhere across, you know, from Europe to the Middle East to Asia and beyond. It was just so great to see a company that was so bought into it and so like, yeah, we, we just get it. We understand where you're going with this. We want to help us understand what this means for us, particularly around you know, Article 3 extraterritoriality around GDPR. They wanted to be educated. They wanted to know. I, I've been in sessions with clients who were like, GDPR, Article 3, like so what? Like I'm not going to get a court order in Ireland to come to come over and yeah. you see that's not going to happen. It's got very little extraterritorial enforcement, and companies who think like that is like it's not going to be a problem. We don't really care. But then companies who's like you know even if it's not, you're not going to get hauled before a regulator in Europe or a, or a European court. You're going to get hauled before your consumers who are going to expect a, a minimum level from you and you to be privacy respectful and to be taking measures to keep the data secure, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and be transparent about the transfers etc so they were so bought into it. It, was, it was such a memorable couple of days uh the travel the place the mindset the enthusiasm the passion uh, it was just so so great I, I loved every minute of it and um, i got i made a couple a couple of like it was twitter videos and i'm not really a twitter user for kpg at the time kind of tracking the, the journey uh, from the plane and on and around it was just really really brilliant it sounds like uh, the leadership in that company really understood what was up and coming and what's going to be important for people and the fact that they invested so much even before most other companies realized gdpr was going to be a thing shows how forward thinking they are and i wish them all the best and i think you know you're very lucky to have had the opportunity to be traveling all over the world and doing and delivering what you're really passionate about so uh, i hope you get more of those opportunities and i hope we all get more of those opportunities to really live with passion and get to see more of the world while we're doing that absolutely yeah no i've been very fortunate and very grateful and thank you so much for for today's been a really great i've I loved sharing it like i'm and i I'll always say to anyone, if if I can help, I will. If there's anything I can share, however small, that gives a bit of insight, a bit of guidance, any help whatsoever, and I'm always delighted to do so. You know what you've just said there, Gordon? That's one common thing I've found across some of the people, not just in privacy, but in any area. If you look at the people that are really at the top of their game, Mm -hmm. they're always happy to give back. They're always happy to offer value and be of service. Mm And I think that is what makes all of the guests that we've had on the podcast stand now. And that is what people are attracted to magnetically when they see people doing really well is these are the people that are doing really well. It's not because they're just doing well for themselves. They actually want to contribute, give back and add that value. Where do you think that comes from? Look, I've been lucky enough, I guess, to have a couple of really great mentors in, in my time. Uh, one, the biggest one stand out for me was Niall Collins, who was a partner in Mason Hayes and Curran. Not a privacy partner in competition law, but just a phenomenally good guy and would always have time uh, to impart some form of knowledge or guidance or whatever it might be. I think when you're lucky enough to have had someone like that in your career, it helps you so much and brings you on so much uh, and instills in you the importance of you know being a mentor to f- some a point down the line you will be that person uh, hopefully having gone in your career and gone up and up and progress and now people will be coming in behind you who want to get to where you are and you know not everyone has the chance to have a great mentor and have someone to, to help them along the way which makes it even harder and some people you know they still make it without um, but it really really does help and I've got like younger colleagues in my team I see in their early 20s, uh, i.e. they're practically kids, 
But I want to be able to be that helping hand that I had all those years ago when, when I was a trainee in an MQ, etc. And I, I love talking about privacy. Um, and if you want to have a chat, we'll have a chat. I give you my opinion. Here's what I think. And we'll, you know, we'll just get, you know, kind of have a chat about it, really. You know, and that's, and that's it. And, and if I can help you and give my opinion and from experience, like, you know, I've got colleagues who are now going through the training solicitor route that I went through and applying to law firms for training contracts and jobs. And I remember how horrendous that was. Um, and so here's a bit of my two cents uh, and the things that I've learned to the journey that will hopefully help you get to where you want to be that I wanted to be. And I left college smack in the middle of the recession, uh, in our, which is obviously pretty hard in Ireland and in the UK mm. as well. No jobs anywhere. did a master's, still no jobs, went to London, came back. And it was a couple of years before I really got my career going. So I, I, I came late to the game. I wasn't a qualified solicitor until I was 30, you know, because I had been trying to do stuff, trying to stay relevant, stay employed and keep a skill set going when there were very few jobs. And you know, that, that gives perspective, it gives experience. And that's the sort of things I hope to help other people with. Yeah. And I think what I really love about what you've just described there is the resilience and the ambition that you've had that's got you through even at 30 to still qualify as your solicitor, not give up on your dreams and not just qualify and say, you know, what, I've, I've, I've qualified, I'm there, but then go on to get all of these additional education additional certifications that continuous improvement and one of the things that we really love to promote in the academy is that progress over perfection you're never going to be able to perfect something but we always should be making progress and as long as we're moving in the right direction then we're moving towards mastery and i think just listening to you now you've really summed up and you're someone who's actually embodies and living the values that we teach in the academy so i just really want to say i'm so grateful that we had the opportunity to have this conversation with you and thank you very much for being so open and sharing all of this fascinating information with us no thank you it's been absolutely privilege and look uh, and just i wholeheartedly agree everything you just said in terms of the approach you know progress over perfection i, I couldn't agree with that more so uh, thank you so much and it's been uh, absolutely pleasure to talk to you today one more question uh but it gives you an opportunity to ask jamal a question it can be anything you like anything that maybe has come up today that you want to ask him it's, it's always great to get to ask other privacy professionals uh so and one thing that's well you've heard my journey what is it about privacy just for you like what does it do for you uh that keeps you up every day wanting to be ceo of, of your own company uh and what will it be tomorrow that keeps you going? So the thing that keeps me going is the fact that I can see how important it is. And one of the things is privacy is really tied back to my faith. I follow Islam, right? And one of the things that really fascinated me when I was looking into privacy is I was like, what does my faith say about this? And when I looked into privacy, I could see 1400 years ago, uh, our prophet, uh, peace be upon him, he was living in the desert. There was no technology. There was no privacy. But he said privacy was so important. And he said... Um, if someone peeps into your house um, when, when when you're inside just to see what's happening, that is an invasion of somebody's privacy. And if somebody was to hurt that person who was doing that, there, there would be no sin upon them, which means that the sanctity of privacy, the sanctity of your light to a private life, the sanctity of not to be interfered with, was so important even 1400 years ago. And taking those principles and applying it to now and seeing how you know there's been violations of people's privacy and how it's really impacted some people, the thing that really drives me is to say, I want to be part of the difference that is actually going to help people to have the freedom 
to have control over their personal information and how that is used or not used uh, for, for the better. And one of the things that really drives me is the fact that I want to leave a legacy behind. And if you listen to some of my earlier podcasts, you will see that um, God blessed me with three children and they've all returned back to him and they're waiting in heaven. And when I meet these children again in the hereafter, what I want to do is to be able to point out lots of people and have a, uh, and, and explain to them how I have made a positive impact and I have touched the lives of as many people as we can. And the whole purpose we set up the academy uh, was because I realized that I can't actually go and help to protect the privacy of every man, every woman, and every child on this planet by myself. But what we can do is build a global community of elite privacy professionals who will go out there and empower uh, organizations all over the world to adopt honest privacy practices. So every man, every woman, and every child on the planet can have that freedom over their personal information. No, that's, that's really great. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, I suppose that's real, what really brought me into TikTok was it's something that it's become so, so important. It's, you know, we have over a billion users a month on the platform. It is truly global. There's people everywhere, users, young users, and it will have an impact on their lives on a, a, every single day it does. And for me, it's making sure that we're doing the right things. We're privacy respectful. We're committed to online safety and all these, all these great things. And that's where I can make a difference. You know, I, I wanted to move away from the purely commercial privacy where it's just, you know, about ticking boxes and drafting contracts and, you know, I'm making sure everything is in place there to really current issues that are sensitive, that really matter and will have a lasting legacy going forward. So I, I completely uh, empower you with that. Thank you. Gordon, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in the podcast. Thank you very much for sharing all of the fascinating and really insightful pieces of advice with all of our listeners. Thank you very much. Pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, like and share so you're notified when a new episode is released. Remember to join the Privacy Pros Academy Facebook group where we answer your questions. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're leaving with some great things that will add value on your journey as a world-class privacy pro. Please leave us a four or five star review. And if you'd like to appear on a future episode of our podcast or have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to hear more about, please send an email to team at kzient.co.uk. Until next time, peace be with you.